welcome back to the Vet SOS show brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. Mark, I hope you're ready for some extreme knowledge bombs and some entertainment at the same time. We got a great guest with us today, Mark Riley, uh, and he's going to be talking to us about the program he has, plus uh, some instruments and uh, music stuff that I know piques your interest. How are you doing today, Mark? Elder? Uh, yeah, we got two marks. This is going to be, like we said, interesting. Uh, doing great. And uh, welcome, audience. Uh, we love having you here. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, get ready for some serious knowledge bombs to be dropped on you um, as well. I am super excited. Like Sean had mentioned, Mark Riley is uh, in, a musician, and he and I have uh, a little drumming background uh, commonality. So excited to hear about that. Hey, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know this episode, but maybe in the future we can get a drum solo uh, from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We can have our own version of Drumline. You two can go at it and uh, we'll see who wins. We'll let the audience vote. So, all right. We want to thank everybody who's been pairing their channels with us and, and broadcasting our uh, show as original content. Please continue to do that. And if you don't know how to pair your channels, please reach out to us and uh, using hashtag pairing, and we will let you know how to do it. It's very easy, and you put it out as original content over your channels, which is outstanding. All right, without further ado, um, J. Mark Riley is considered by many to be one of the foremost military music music connectors in the world. As an internationally recognized performer, speaker, educator, and consultant, Mark's experience has allowed him to travel the world extensively, working at the state and royal level. Mark currently serves as the CEO and president of the Washington Tattoo, an organization that aims to bring a world-class international music and arts festival to the Washington, D.C. metro area. Mark has presented and collaborated with numerous prestigious institutions and organizations throughout his remarkable career. He holds degrees from Northwestern State and Boston University is an MB and is an MBA candidate at American Military University. He is endorsed by Mapex Drums, Majestic Percussions, Remo, Sabian, ProLogic, Loyal Drums, and the Buchler Trumblebow. Maybe. Yep. Close <laughs> on that one. Is an and is an adjunct professor at West Virginia University. Wow, Mark Riley, I have no idea how you how you even have time to play the drums with all those <laughs> things going on. How are you doing today? I'm better than I deserve. It's an honor to be here, guys. Thank you so much. And we're yeah, so happy you joined us. Uh, I know you and I met, I believe, through uh, Vets Industry event. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we connected shortly thereafter, and you're telling me about the great things that you got going on with Washington Tattoo. Uh, sounds like a fantastic organization and, and cause. Um, but before we get to that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Why, why have you decided to get into the veteran support space, and, and you know what drives you to do that kind of work? No, absolutely. Um, initial, again, I have to do a shout out to Brian Arrington from Vets to Industry. He absolutely was able to really knit this conversation together. And so just a shout out to him and a thank you to him. Um, but really what it comes down to is that my grandfather, I knew uh, he was a veteran. I knew that he died when I was very young. Uh, he served in World War II in the Pacific, and he was my favorite grandfather. Taught me how to throw a baseball, how to go fishing. And I just knew that he had passed away. And it turned out that he ended up suffering from what we would later find out to be PTSD. And the day he turned 65, stepped in front of a truck in front of the VA in New York and killed himself. So he was, um, you know, unfortunately a, a victim of suicide. And I knew that 
playing music is just it's the universal language it soothes a lot of the savage beast and all of us have our own special moments whether we think of you know a graduation or a military ceremony or a wedding or a special family event that music really starts to tie so many emotions and connective tissue of life all together so with my career in the army uh, performed many times at you know Walter Reed at the Burns Center down in San Antonio. Um, have even done things with Intrepid Spirit, and then also with uh, Gary Sinise and the Lieutenant Dan Band playing for families via the USO. And I knew that I really wanted to be able to give back through music and leverage the power of music. And when I think about people who have served. I mean, there's just so many ways that music can create connective tissue to the service member and a memory that they have, but also connect the family together, the kids or the dependents together. Um, and I knew that with a background in music education, that's just something I knew I could offer. And I, you know, I never put shove religion down anyone's throat, but I do feel that the, like, the Lord gives us gifts and ways to help and give back. And it was just was on my heart to be able to give the veteran community, something for me that was so near and dear to my heart, but it could also be very powerful for families and, and active duty members. That and, and the gift of music is just amazing anyway. Um, I, I've always loved music. I can't carry a tune in a bucket or play an instrument. Um, but it was, you know, my brother was one of those guys that taught himself how to play several different drums and instruments. And my youngest is kind of doing the same thing right now following that. So, um, I, I, on the other hand, DJ'd, you know, I can appreciate music, uh, stay behind the table. I'll play what you produce, but um, <laughs> just fantastic. And, and the fact that you, you've gotten to do all those things is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, way back when, I think it's the Audie Murphy VA hospital in San Antonio, we got to take the Cub Scouts there to do Christmas stockings for the um, veterans there. And it was just an amazing experience for us and for the youth. So, it was pretty cool to see. So getting that opportunity, I think, is really cool to to play those kind of things. And, you know, he, Mark comes on here, he's name dropping Gary Sinise and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, right. A celebrity now. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I just I was just talking with a friend last night about this, about how the connection with music, right, influences us. And it's so crazy that that came up. And now you're talking about this because um, I gave him the example um, we were out and, um, um, staying alive came on, right. Saturday night fever. And, uh, I was, I was talking with him and, and he was like tapping his hand, you know, and kind of like nodding his head or whatever. And I said, you know, isn't it crazy? Like when you walk, when this, when this song is playing, you actually walk different, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're actually walking in, 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 in tune with the beat or in step with the beat. And it's just amazing how we as, you know, like physiological beings are, are influenced that way. Um, and then emotionally too, right? Like you said, I mean, um, as a believer too, I mean, just even sitting in church sometimes and just hearing a song just triggers like an emotion. Um, what a connection, right? That that can have for all of us. Yeah, I think it's interesting because um, there's a really good book out there called The Power of Moments. And <clears throat> it talks about how if anyone reaches a certain level of success, there are certainly highs and lows, there are hills, there are valleys in that story of success. And one of the things that I start to recognize is 
you have the ability to remember those moments, but the moments that are the most special only come once, maybe in a lifetime. Um, maybe there are two or three that come, you know, through a, a very successful person's life. And you try to hunt for those and you try to look for mm -hmm. further points where you can replicate why did that high point come? Why did that highlight come? And so that was one of the really interesting conversations I had was trying to figure out how do you craft a, a perfect moment when it comes to music and experience? Yeah, do you, that seems like a ch challenge in itself, but being able to tie that, that moment to the music, you know, brings to a specific situation. I think that, that probably, and, and I'm by no means a, a doctor either, but the healing power of music, I would think that, that there's so much there between the veteran community, the struggles, the, the music, the brain, it, there has to be a powerful tie and a way to help with that healing piece. Have you experienced anything along that, like that along the way? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic question. Um, currently the Washington tattoo has actually started conversations with the university of Edinburgh, Boston university and West Virginia university psychology departments. And it's still, very much in the works, very just kind of basic conversations at the moment. But um, there is 100% a connection to what people visually see, what they take in as sound, and how they're physiologically impacted. And so this discussion about, you know, us as, as, as mortal beings and physical beings, the heartbeat is about 60-ish beats per minute. Uh, and the idea of like the pounding of the heart and the pounding of the drum is always almost this kind of primal connection that we have going all the way back to the first human beings. And so this idea of walking, the idea of a cadence, you know, and they're in the military and basic training, we're running to cadence, we're building camaraderie through this rhythmic and vocalization of sound. And so when you talk about the really bare bones beginning of humanity, if we didn't have breath, we would never leave, we would never live. And so this idea of singing together and breathing together and doing something in unison is really this almost tribal coming back to let's come around a campfire, very bare bones, nothing else, but like, let's just be human together. And so from that basic idea of togetherness, it strips away really all of the other complexities of life where you're saying, let's just breathe together, but sing together. Then there's usually the adding of drums or rhythms to that, and it builds from there. Um, and so from a trauma point of view, really a lot of trauma comes from just the idea of anxiety and different things that create anxiety. And that can be you know, an infinite amount of, of versions of anxiety. And so when it comes to music, music therapy, other types of therapy to deal with trauma, there are really almost very simplistic ways to create music to be almost this meditative activity um, that brings unification, it brings you know, the learning of a craft, and it brings just a very communal um, network of people together. So. That's one of the baselines that we're doing with the Washington Tattoo is creating those foundations for veterans and veteran families. I have a question on that um, because, you know, in, in your, your service time coming to a close, but um, throughout having high profile, you know, events and things at uh, Walter Reed and Audie Murphy and, and, you know, some active duty, I guess, some veteran, 
Um, is the military do, doing an initiative? I'm sure they probably have uh, been exploring this for for forever, probably. But like um, that type of therapy used in a clinical setting. They are, and I'm definitely not the SME or the expert in that specific field, but it definitely is. I mean, um, in the Intrepid Spirit centers are are really the, they're the front line when it comes to TBI, PTSD, and and uh, doing clinical work. Um, but if you look at the field of music therapy, it's a really really powerful field, and the connection between music therapy and veterans is definitely being explored. How deep is the exploration is really where we are now. How far is it going? How successful is it? What are the percentages? What are the statistics? And that's a really hard, um, that's hard data to collect because, as you know, if a veteran is really struggling, it's, it's very hard to create, you know, any kind of control environment where you can get really accurate data uh, from a large population of people. So it's a diff it's definitely a difficult area to explore, but it's a completely worthy one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's enough veterans that just don't answer the phone when, <laughs> when the army calls them back. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, yeah, absolutely. But it's interesting because we, we brought in some folks from the UK. Um, so the idea of the military tattoo is actually a, an international event and so these international events happen all around the world and the largest one is in edinburgh scotland and the event is 30 days give or take uh in the entire month of august and it's in front of the edinburgh castle <clears throat> so it's this beautiful beautiful backdrop roughly 30 nights of shows and there are 10,000 people per show at each of these events wow. and so <clears throat> you have these massive pipes and drums highland dancers you know, drill teams from all over the world. And I mean, they're really, they are the soft power cultural diplomacy assets coming from each of these countries. And so the United States has a very robust um, program when it comes to military, you know, drill teams, you know, military bands. And what that does is that starts to connect a lot of our allied forces together in a way that connects the higher ups. It brings people with you know, a lot of decision-making abilities come together without really a lot of difficulty because it's a very relaxed event. It's a music event, but it's, it's, it's an easy access for these military leaders to come together and, and discuss, you know, maybe some difficult issues in a, in a less than formal or an informal setting. That's incredible. And, and to me, it kind of shows you the, the importance of music in general. You know, not only does it take you to a certain place in time, like listening to staying alive, um, <laughs> it, it can motivate you. It can it can help you heal. And then it also can bring people together and bring all these decision makers together that you know can impact a whole bunch of things. So that's that's pretty impressive. You started talking about the Washington tattoo a little bit. Um, tracking it's a nonprofit uh, for veterans through music. Um Tell us, tell us more about it. What, what made you start this? What, what, what are you guys doing and what do you got coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it started officially in 2019 uh, is when we got our 501c3 status and we were going to have our first event of March of 2020, like many other organizations. Timing. <laughs> and uh, this, you know, global pandemic decides it's just going to take over and shut everything down. And so we were going to have a live event. 
Uh, we, of course, had to use the, the horrendous word of pivot that no one likes to use. Uh, but we went all virtual. We went, we went digital, created some podcasts, um, did a virtual tattoo. And the virtual tattoo really was a 45-minute production uh, that highlighted musical acts from around the world that could be brought to people's homes while they were you know, stuck, stuck behind closed doors at their house or quarantining. Um, and so the Washington tattoo really didn't get a perfect start, uh, of course, but it's, if in any business model you have to come up and you know, no plan survives first contact, so they say. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so the virtual tattoos were very successful. We were able to bring on some sponsors and the, the idea of the tattoo was to highlight musical groups from around the world and highlight what mu military music could do at the highest level. And so we had groups like the Commandant's Own, uh, U.S. Marine Drum and Bugle Corps. We had the Royal Australian Navy Band. We had drummers from Switzerland and Germany kind of do one of those Brady Bunch kind of, you know, in a box style um, performances. I have a good friend of mine who works for Cirque du Soleil, and he is really being able to put us, you know, really in a very, very creative um, on a very creative platform on how to put those boxes together, but not seem boring and make it really interactive with the audience. And so the Washington Tattoos goals are to bring one of these Edinburgh style tattoos that are 10,000 people to Washington, DC. And so the 220, sorry, the 250th anniversary of the United States is in 2026. So it's not that far away. And right now we're looking at this build up to the 250th over the next three years, four years. And each year we're building a bigger and bigger event. So finally, in April of 2023, we had our first series of live events. We did music workshops for veterans and veteran you know, dependents. Uh, so we had, you know, a, a drumming workshop, a fife and drum workshop where we had teachers and we had barbecued uh, lunch come in catered. And then we had a free concert for, for folks who were in attendance. And it was sponsored by a handful of really great companies. Aleworks Brewing Company out of Williamsburg, Virginia hosted the event. So if you were of 20, age of 21, you got a beer chip and you got to hear some really great bluegrass music after your kids got to learn some, um, some fifing and drumming. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but really what's happened after that, we had a gala um, at the winery at Bull Run. And what we did is we created this really interactive experience where each room that you would come into had a different performing ensemble. And so we would change the feel and the vibe of each piece of the winery as people were shepherded from one area to the next, to the next, to the next. And the winery at Bull Run actually houses the largest collection of private American Civil War artifacts. So as you're walking through the winery, there's a cannon in the corner, there are drums and uniforms over here, there are uniform pieces and muskets, and it's this beautiful, beautiful location. And so we had pipes and drums as you enter, we had broke flutes and classical flutes playing in the next section with some guest speakers, we walked into the, the cannon room, we had a Kaylee band playing in the cannon room, we went upstairs, there was a bluegrass band playing there, and at wow. the end of the night, we kind of brought everyone together and we ended up having a flash mob with Highland dancers that we brought in from Australia. 
And so it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a really, really great time. Um, and so we're gearing up for our second gala uh, this coming April, so April 23. Um, and we now are partnering with the Scottish government in the United States, who really also looks at the Edinburgh tattoo as an export coming to the U.S. So they are heavily, heavily involved. And uh, we're going to be doing some great things with the White House Historical Association, the Association of the United States Army, and the Scottish government in the United States. So I don't know, Mark, what you're thinking, but I'm thinking there's a live on location vet SOS that's going to happen in 2026 uh, for sure, if not earlier, one of the April events. But, you know, I plan on this thing running at least through 2026 so we can uh, <laughs> do a live on location for that. That sounds phenomenal. You're muted, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm talking and you know I'm I'm, I'm lip syncing. Um, trying my kung kung fu movie uh, style go. again. Um, but I've I've got to contact my cousin because he lives out in the Monterey Bay uh, area in California, and they have the Highland Games out there. Um, they're all Scottish, um, and so he actually was part of the bagpipe corps that had gone to, and this was like maybe 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but they had gone to Scotland to the Highland Game competitions oh. and the bagpipe competition, and they were the first U.S. team to take first place in Scotland. Wow, wow. that's amazing. Yeah. So maybe he's already aware of some of this. Um, I'll have to ask him. But um, phenomenal. Uh, I think that, you know, that would be awesome. Agreed, Sean. Like, hey, if we, <laughs> I would love to attend that. Um, Mark, I want to, I want to, maybe um, change speed a little bit because you had mentioned something at the beginning, which is you're getting towards the, the end of your military career, right? At least active duty. Um, so you and Sean are very, very closely tied there. Um, Cause Sean is, you know, getting ready to help process as well. Um, the Washington tattoo, your personal place and experience right now Um all of the resources that the army is providing um, for for your groups, right? Um, how do you see that play out with, you know, your transition? Some of the other folks that maybe have transitioned out of your groups. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that experience been like? What opportunities maybe are created by um, some of these events? No, I, that's a really great question, and honestly. The folks that are transitioning out of the military band field, there's no like template that says when you leave a military band, here's what you should do. (laughs) So and I'm sure that cuts across every MOS. I'm sure it's across all all branches. Um, But in the military band space, it's interesting because the arts across all of most government organizations are the easiest thing to cut. Um, It's the lowest hanging fruit. It's the because it doesn't deliver a tangible ROI. It's a very intangible ROI. Um, But over my years of service have done a lot with, you know, army marketing research group and, you know, talking about with future commands and recruiting and retention becomes a very big and realistic, tangible ROI. Um, And so one of the things that just, you know, forward thinking into the future is, when you have a military band as a part of any event, it immediately, just from the sound of it, people come because they can hear it. 
Um, and if you go, hist and I think history is always the best teacher. Um, it's always creating the best lessons learned. From the very beginning of every army, you had, was not considered music, it was considered communications. So the field music, which was the drums and the fifes and the bugles, were part of really comms. And they would send signals. And so even when they were signing up for their first enlistment, there was a drummer beating around town, getting people to, to show up. And so there's been a lot of initiatives that have, um, they've come and gone over the years based on budget constraints and you know things of that nature. And so when it, you talk about opportunity, there's a great opportunity in this idea of the nonprofit space to be able to support not really even just active duty, which it can support, but really kind of unify the veterans community and give them almost those, those moments again. And so what I do look for in these opportunities are when the people head out of the military band world, you know, do they want to stay plugged in and how plugged in do they want to stay? Cause some people don't want to be plugged in at all. And that's totally fine. Uh, some people want one foot plugged in, maybe a toenail, maybe, you know, a hair. They only they don't really want to be that plugged in, but they kind of like it a little bit. Um, so just in that sense by itself, we've been able to create um, performing opportunities for veterans that are coming out of the service. Um, yeah. And even as we're recording this, um, there's a couple events in Washington over the next couple days, actually, that we're supporting as a nonprofit entity to organizations that typically would not get access to a military group. And so that's something that's very, very interesting from us and saying from a recruiting point of view, when you're talking about how does a group get access to inner city schools? How does it get access to low-income families without feeling like a threat? And that's where music really is this incredibly powerful outreach tool to get into places that a uniform may turn some people off. Mm -hmm. that, that's a great point. And as bad as we're missing numbers right now, we might, we might want to invest a little <laughs> bit more in the band, <laughs> have them out there in the, out in front of the recruiting stations. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, but that, that's fantastic. You know, I never really gave that a thought. You know, because I'm MI, most, or not most, but a lot of MI guys will go to D.C. to work in the alphabet soup, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every MOS sort of has kind of some some things that they go into. I never once thought about the band. I mean, you know, the, unless you're going to go start a band or, you know, be a music teacher maybe. But that's fantastic that there's, there's a new avenue, something they can get into. Yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, the collaborations you're doing with Edinburgh. Um, what other collaboration and partnerships are you looking at? Are there different organizations you're trying to uh, work with? Yeah, no, this is a great, great question as well. Um, so partnership has so many different templates, right? So many different models that a partnership can provide. So from a financial model, from a reach model, from this sort of brand awareness model. Um, and so some of the some of the the partners we have right now are really just so incredible just to share the story that we've got out there. And so I think that number one is the most effective one for us. It's just, you know, getting the story out there. Here's the work we're doing. Here's what the vision and the mission is for the next five to 10 years. 
Um, and so those partners, the White House Historical Association has been phenomenal. So Stuart McLaurin, the president there, has been really, really passionate. Um, he is an American Scot. So he loves this idea of the tattoo coming over and, um, you know, building that as well. Um, Sergeant Major of the Army retired Dan Daly uh, is a good friend of mine. And we used to do drumline battles as part of his best warrior competition barbecue for all the competitors every year. So around Army 10 miler time, you know, the week or two before that was always the best warrior competition. And so I was at the Fort Myer gym one day and he comes up, he's like, Hey, Sergeant Riley, come over here. This is years ago. And he goes, uh, what do you think about having the old colonial drummers versus like the modern army drummers in like a drum battle? I said, Oh, yes. SMA. <laughs> that's, that's a cool idea. And so uh, at the time, you know, Pershing zone is also at Fort Myer. So the old garden and Pershing zone came up with this collaboration and, you know, you can't have a, battle where the army loses so you, the <laughs> army has to just win so <laughs> so you know you, you you build this kind of program where it's like you play four we play four we do a thing of eight together we kind of you know march around a little bit but it's stuck it's stuck it's still happening now so sma grimston is still doing this wow. this this idea that we created I, it's it's got to be close to 10 years ago now um, but it started also going into this, the International Sergeant's Major Academy um, connections. And so there was an event at the SMA's uh, quarters, and it was for an event for the, the International SMA Academy. And so the, it just happened to be that the Kingsguard of Norway's band was in Washington at the same time. So, you know, email, reached out, see, see what we could do. And so we actually had a performance with Pershing Zone, the old guard fife and drum corps, and His Majesty the King's Guard of Norway's drummers. And we had put this whole thing together and we went, we're on to something here. And these, you know, we can't speak Norwegian, but we can play music with these guys. And now all of this shows as this soft power of here's the American army literally together with the Norwegian army and not just a show of force, but a show of tradition, a show of heritage, and communal understanding together. So I think to me that's that's a big piece when it comes to partnership is, does an organization share the same values? Does it share the same goals with outreach and support? Um, you know, the Purple Heart Foundation is a great partner right now, as well as um, conversations just started with the Fisher House about providing, um, you know, instruments and, and music lessons and this virtual tattoo. Uh, there's conversation now about that's just a gift from us. We'll package it. We'll put it together. Let's just have that be shown as entertainment for the family staying at the Fisher House. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, maybe even organizations like the DAR I was going to ask about, right? If yeah. they're on, on board. It's Yes. Yeah, so um, spoke with quite a few of the DAR folks. Um, there's conversations there. I mean, Constitution Hall is a beautiful, beautiful location. So, yeah, for sure. Those are, part, those are definitely um, organizations in the conversation. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. And you're really on to something here. Um, it, 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 it's amazing. I, I've always had the appreciation for music. You know, I managed one of the old Sam Goody music stores before the army. I DJed, you know, always loved music, just couldn't play or sing it. Um, <laughs> but it's great to see um, just 
the impact that you're able to have with this between the, the veteran organizations that you're supporting, connecting with foreign bands and bringing this all together, you know, the, the tie into the best wear contest is pretty cool too. I didn't know anything about that either. So it's, it's pretty amazing what you got going on here. Uh, and I'm excited to, to hear more as you continue to roll this out. Um, we're, we're getting close to the end. Uh, so basically, um, is there anything you want to, to leave our audience with as we get ready to close out? Sure. Um, I mean, just, just from a call to action standpoint, um, everyone has their own version of love for music. Some people, my wife actually likes silence. So it's really kind of funny. We're total polar opposites. Um, she likes to clear her mind with just silence. And uh, I know for me, if I am just in silence, my mind is all over the place. It's just, <laughs> so, um, but even when you're driving in your car, right? And you are either stuck in traffic and you need to find some music that's gonna soothe you. Um, are you driving on a back road and you're driving through the hills of West Virginia or you're driving in the middle of Kansas and you're straight shotting it and you've got, you know, country music playing or metal or R&B or rap? There's always something when a person is alone with music that there's a very personal connection and that specifically speaks to identity. And that's one of the things that I've learned a lot about in the transition space is this idea of questioning your identity because you're leaving a, and I'm living it myself. So I'm not saying this going like, oh, I've read that. Like I'm living it going, <laughs> man, like, who am I? Who like, I, I've done all this cool stuff and that chapter or that book is closing and either I'm opening up a brand new book or I'm opening up this new chapter but I feel like this is one of the things in our ecosystem we want to share is that we have the ability to teach music if you've never done it. We could teach you a one, four, five chord on a guitar and have you play something by yourself. If you do it with some friends, you start to now find that you just don't have this identity of just maybe being a musician, no matter how good or bad. But now you have a community of someone else that also kind of knows that. And you go, wait a minute, Stevie Ray Vaughan or... You know, we talked about Slash and Guns N' Roses. There's always a connection between your story and music in some aspect. So from an identity point of view, you know, dealing with trauma, dealing with community, dealing with connection, there are so many ways music can help support. So I, I ask if you look up our website is www.thewashingtontattoo.com or any of our social media channels. We have events coming up throughout 2023 into 2024 already programmed, and we'd love to have you as one of our guests. I'm going to drop a big old bomb there. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was awesome. Um, how do you prefer people actually reach out to you? Um, is it through your website, through LinkedIn, directly? What, what would your preference be? Yeah, so perfect. If you want to reach the organization, go through the website. Uh, if you want to reach me personally, LinkedIn is the easiest way to do it. Uh, it's just super accessible. Outstanding. It, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. The... Your wife prefers silence, which as an intelligence analyst, that tells me that you practiced a lot at the house through your career. And now that, that is how she copes with it. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, you are hitting the nail on the head, my friend. <laughs> uh, our youngest started band last year and we, we made him go upstairs. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same as you, though, Mark. I can't like even my kids at night when they go to bed 
they they like to have the lullabies on playing on the the Amazon Echoes. Um, they yeah. they like to go to sleep with music too, and and I do too. I like to go to sleep with music myself. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, a um, uh, couple questions. Um, brand of sim- favorite brand of symbols. Favorite brand of symbols, Sabian. Sabian. Oh, I'm a Zildjian guy. Okay. Uh, favorite, brand, favorite brand of sticks. Sticks. That's interesting because I play different styles. So if I'm right. doing like American style marching band stuff, I'm usually doing innovative percussion. Drum set, usually doing some Vic Firth. Um, but I do a lot of international playing as well. So there's a, a, a company called Ogner and Schlebach from Switzerland I also like. So a little okay. shout out. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah, I know you got to give a shout out, you know, from Apex and some of the others, Remo heads and all that. So, uh, yeah, I'm a Vic Firth guy too. I mean, I'm, I'm usually on my set, my electronic set. So I've, I've got my five A's out, you know, just banging away. <laughs> on them. I love it. <laughs> oh, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, this was amazing. I love what you're doing with the Washington tattoo. So looking forward to seeing how this continues to grow and the impact that you have. Um, I'm actually going to spend more time looking at uh, the Edinburgh uh, thing and see how that all plays out because 10,000 people for 30 days, that's ridiculous. Uh, and I can only imagine what that'll look like in D.C. Um, so definitely looking forward to keeping an eye on that. We, we appreciate you coming on and telling us your story. Um, and thank all the guests for tuning in today. And uh, remember, uh, don't drown to see a transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline.